Section 84 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 79. She who had wept for poor old martin was not likely to bear this blow so stoically as the death of the old is apt to be borne in vain catherine tried to console her with commonplaces in vain told her it was a happy release for him and that as he himself had said the tree was ripe but her worst failure was when she urged that there were now but two mouths to feed and one care the less such cares are all the joys i have said margaret they fill my desolate heart which now seems void as well as waste o empty chair my bosom it aches to see thee poor old man how could i love him by halves i that did used to sit and look at him and think but for me thou wouldst die of hunger he so wise so learned erst was got to be helpless as my own sweet babe and i loved him as if he had been my child instead of my father o oh, empty chair o oh, empty heart well a day well a day and the pious tears would not be denied then catherine held her peace and hung her head and one day she made this confession i speak to thee out of my head and not out of my bosom thou dost well to be deaf to me were i in thy place i should mourn the old man all one as thou dost then margaret embraced her and this bit of true sympathy did her a little good the commonplaces did none then catherine's bowels yearned over her and she said my poor girl you were not born to live alone i have got to look on you as my own daughter waste not thine youth upon my son gerard either he is dead or he is a traitor it cuts my heart to say it but who can help seeing it thy father is gone and i cannot always be aside thee and here is an honest lad that loves thee well this many a day i'd take him and comfort together heaven hath sent us these creatures to torment us and comfort us and all we are just nothing in the world without em then seeing margaret look utterly perplexed she went on to say why sure you are not so blind as not to see it what who who but this luke peterson what our luke the boy that carries my basket nay he is over nineteen and a fine healthy lad and i have made inquiries for you and they all do say he is a capable workman and never touches a drop and that is much in a rotterdam lad which they are mostly half man half sponge margaret smiled for the first time this many days luke loves dried puddings dearly said she 
and i make them to his mind tis them he comes a-courtin here then she suddenly turned red but if i thought he came after your son's wife that is or ought to be i'd soon put him to the door nay nay for heaven's sake let me not make mischief poor lad why girl fancy will not be bridled bless you i wormed it out of him near a twelve month agone oh mother and you let him well i thought of you i said to myself if he is fool enough to be her slave for nothing all the better for her a lone woman is lost without a man about her to fetch and carry her little matters but now my mind is changed and i think the best use you can put him to is to marry him so then his own mother is against him and would wed me to the first comer and gerard thou hast but me i will not believe thee dead till i see thy tomb nor false till i see thee with another lover in thine hand foolish boy i shall ne'er be civil to him again afflicted with the busybody's protection luke peterson met a cold reception in the house where he had hitherto found a gentle and kind one and by and by finding himself very little spoken to at all and then sharply and irritably the great soft fellow fell to whimpering and asked margaret plump if he had done anything to offend her nothing i am to blame i am cursed if you will take my counsel you will keep out of my way a while it is all along of me luke said the busybody you mistress catherine what have i done for you to set her against me nay i meant all for the best i told her i saw you were looking towards her through a wedding-ring but she won't hear of it there was no need to tell her that wife she knows i am courting her this twelvemonth not i said margaret or i should never have opened the street door to you why i come here every saturday night and that is how the lads in rotterdam do court if we sup with a lass o saturdays that wooing oh that is rotterdam is it the next time you come let it be thursday or friday for my part i thought you came after my puddings boy i like your puddings well enough you make them better than mother does but i like you still better than the puddings said luke tenderly then you have seen the last of them how dare you talk to another man's wife and him far away she ended gently but very firmly you need not trouble yourself to come here any more luke i can carry my basket myself oh very well said luke and after sitting silent and stupid for a little while he rose and said sadly to catherine dame i dare say i have got the sack and went out but the next saturday catherine found him seated on the doorstep blubbering he told her he had got used to come there and every other place seemed strange she went in and told margaret and margaret sighed and said poor luke 
he might come in for her if he could know his place and treat her like a married wife on this being communicated to luke he hesitated pshaw said Catherine. promises are pie crusts promise her all the world sooner than sit outside like a fool when a word will carry you inside now you humour her in everything and then if poor gerard come not home and claim her you will be sure to have her in time a lone woman is i to be tired out thou foolish boy end of section eighty four recording by john brandon